brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hi, I'm Karan. And I'm Jason. And, and we're, we're the Bradshaws. Bradshaws. Welcome to Blended in Black and White. We're here to share and discuss our personal perspective on life from the point of view of a mixed and blended family. Topics ranging from faith to kids, race and politics, and babies. And along the way, we'll share our personal walk as well, keeping it real. Hope, Hope you enjoy. enjoy. Hello, we are back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. This yes. is Blended in Black and White with Karan and Jason. Yep. We're That's so us. happy to be back. Yeah. Wow, we did. Wow. Shows back to back this week. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's been a minute, so. It's busy. When you are a mom and you work and you have a household and you're a wife and you just are trying to get your life together, really, you just got to be graceful That's right. with yourself. Trying to get our lives together at 40. That's what's up. How many other people out there trying to get their lives together? I think that's really realistic. After they have a family. <laughs> I think it's realistic because you spend so much time trying to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you're 18, you graduate high school. Here's me. Here's me when I graduated. I'm going to do this. I have these plans. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And a lot of that stuff I did do, but a lot of it I didn't. I wasn't married by the number in my mind that I was going to be married by having kids by the time that I thought I was going to have kids by. Mm. Yeah. Then there's me graduated high school and eh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to float around (laughs) forever and do whatever I want. That's kind of what I was thinking. Well, I think that it also is by your parents and your life experiences that make you give you drive. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And then at some point you're like, all right. So what I planned didn't work out or I need to make a plan now, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just in a process that for the rest of your life kind of. Uh, unless you're one of the very few lucky people who just, you know, all you folks out there that just have had it all together. Your whole life. And known exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. Good so <laughs> what are we talking about today, honey? I don't know. What do you want to discuss? I was thinking that we can talk about um, truth in marriage or we can just talk about relationships in general truth and relationships so i feel like in our relationship i'm very honest have you ever been this honest in no any relationship probably not no like even non-romantic ones yeah like with your friends no probably not because i think you always if you really were honest with yourself, I mean, you're there's always that sliver or part of yourself. And most people, even in marriage, I would say, 
there's always a sliver of ourselves that we kind of keep, you know, either yeah. f- either because we're ashamed of it or because we don't want to be judged a certain way or and I think we do that with God too even. And it's funny cuz it's like he already knows like why are you tr- what are you trying to hide, you know? You think so? I think a lot of people do. Hmm. I've never looked I at mean, it that way, especially with God. Relationship. Like you try to act like a certain way. I think that with God, we try to control certain things like God, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. But this piece of it, God, I got it. Mm-hmm. But and that we do that in relationships with people as well. Because you feel like when you do let it's vulnerability, if you let people in or you share that part of yourself or whatever, then you kind of give up control of that. Hmm. I guess that's really true. Then I guess I haven't truly been as vulnerable with you as I could be. Because I think in some ways, like when we first met, I was just... (laughs) Really, I was trying to be as open as possible because I felt like God was telling me to open up my heart and mind to you. But then when I did and then we got together, I probably felt like, oh, this is enough. So I'm not going to allow him in anymore to certain things. I'm just going to keep this to myself. So so I can still be independent in some ways. Uh, Yeah. Well, you got to think about, too, in relationships, regardless, there's always a, (sighs) typically there's a a part of it that you're, I mean, let's be honest, you know, we we talk about not caring, it's a good quality to not worry or care about what others think, right? And we should only worry about what God thinks of us, but we're humans. (coughs) And so even the best of us, I think at times you you concern yourself a little bit with the opinions of others like and not even to say like well that they're judging you but you know part that could be simply you don't want to let someone down or you know it's just natural that people that you care about you want them to think positively of you like it's just normal so there may be some things that you know in a friendship that if this person knew this about me, they may look at me differently, so I don't want to share it. And that's what we talk about, I guess. So that's kind of what you're talking about with being totally transparent about I think that is part everything. of everything. But I think not even. I think being totally transparent means, like I was just saying, being vulnerable and allowing that relationship to just ride a wave instead of you controlling it by how you want to feed it. You know what I'm saying? Because I think when I'm talking about in aspects of where I don't feel like I was allowing myself to be vulnerable, like we've gotten in arguments about how we raise our kids, right? That's the most frequent argument. Yeah. Like Jason, how you and Jason Jr. are versus me and JD. Right. And then you always say to me that I don't allow you to parent 
or be a father to, to JD. And so that, you know, creates dissension between us because I only allow you a certain part um, of that relationship. And that's probably because of my past, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and there's so much work that I probably still need to do so that I can let down barriers that I'm trying to keep JD from, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's a protection thing where you, you know, but it, it comes back to, you have to have the trust in, I mean, we talking about parenting, like you have to have the trust that the, you both have the child's best interest at heart. And you see that a lot, even with married couples and they have kids and they have different philosophies from how they were raised differently mm-hmm. yeah. and how you want to dictate certain things about, and you don't really, <laughs> it, it just, you don't realize it until you, it happens. Yeah. It's one of those things where there's so many different specific examples and some of the stuff is trivial or silly, but it can be a big deal when it's within the dynamic of a family. Especially if you keep allowing it and you don't face the elephant in the room. You know what I'm saying? You know, because we at least had the audacity to go and get counseling so that we can start working together on. We still need more. And yeah. The kids do. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, how many years? Honestly, every person needs. Everybody. I mean, you heard that today at church. We heard that today at church. The counselor said, if you go to a counselor who hasn't been had counseling, you need to leave that counselor. Yeah. Like everybody needs counseling because we've all experienced some kind of trauma. And to think that, you know, we've almost been married three years, right? Almost. We've known each other three years. A little over three years now. Are we still in May? Yeah. Okay. It's three years then. We've known each other three years. Next February, it'll be three years married. But. Whoa. You know, we still have so much growing to do in our trust and being in a relationship and being married. So we both have to understand that trust also comes with time. I know everybody says that. Oh, you should just give somebody the benefit of the doubt. But even when you meet somebody on day one, right, and there's no reason to not trust that person, would you give them every detail of your life day one? Or are you compartmentalizing how you share yourself with this person so you don't scare them away? No, and you shouldn't (laughs) because you shouldn't. You're yourself you you should value yourself enough to where you don't give your whole self to just anybody. I mean, that's, I don't want to start preaching, but I mean, that's just, you know, you, when you share your, your heart, that's only supposed to be specifically for one person, really, at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So <coughs> that's why when you hear people talk about slowly, dating and taking time guarding your heart yeah that's biblical and that's because you know it's valuable you know and and hopefully people value themselves enough to know that so in doing so you know and the other part of it too when you first again back to the kind of 
wanting people to like you. I mean, when you're first dating, if we want to talk about um, dating for, you know, whatever reason, I mean, you you obviously are trying to impress the other person. Mm-hmm. Whether it's for the wrong reasons, which a lot of us did when we were younger, to, you know, have physical encounters or whatever. Or if you have intent to get married, I mean, you want the other person, obviously. You want to put on a good face. You don't want to be fake, but you want to impress the other person. So you're probably going to avoid sharing things that you think they may judge you on or that may be embarrassing or whatever. So slowly over time, as you build comfort, hopefully, you know, you you begin to share those. Um, And that's kind of what we're talking about and the fact that even knowing each other three years, I mean, I'm certain there's so many things that I still don't know. Even though you feel like you've talked about everything mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. There's always still something, you know, that you haven't. Yeah, I think like especially when you go into new experiences, like if you go around a group of family members that you've never met before or if you go around a group of friends that you never met before or you go, you know, you just have different experiences um, that are new because you haven't, in three years, you haven't met all of the family, especially coming out of COVID. You haven't met every family member. You haven't met every friend. I have, haven't. I have friends in New York you haven't oh, met. Yeah. You know, so I think that just opens up new levels of the person hmm. that you haven't unlocked yet. Like Is that video scary? Game. Is that scary? It's like a video game. Not like Zelda. Oh, why not? Mm-mm. Tears of the Kingdom, y'all. No. Great game. So. <laughs> next episode. <laughs> yeah, next episode. Uh-huh. It just kind of. So me and Jason watched this show. I don't know why it's coming to my mind. We watched this disgusting, traumatic show. (laughs) Oh, God, no. That one of our listeners, hint, hint, told us to watch. I mean, he didn't tell us to watch the show, so let me not say that. This, this, what is it? It's a season and a episode. So he didn't tell us to watch this episode, but it was literally season one, episode one or something. It was five. Okay. So we just pushed play and oh my gosh. So yeah, this we couple. Were supposed to st- we thought we were starting with season one, episode one. This couple hey, were together. God. They were together eight from years. high school. Yeah, and it was like eight years into it or something. Or not high school, college. And then they got married and they didn't seem happy. Like they showed them from their college years to their I can't believe we're talking about this marriage years traumatic and so you talked about this video game right and we're talking about relationships and trust so you started it (laughs) and the husband used to play video games with his best friend 
Yeah, like every guy did that. I mean, not I don't want to say every, but I they, mean, they played there's this so many people game. that can relate to, you know, in high school, if you had brothers or close friends or going to college in the dorm room or hanging out at buddies' houses, like playing video games, like whether it be Madden or mm. fighting games or, yeah. So this is explicit, yeah. guys. So they used to play, they used to play video <laughs> games. What's the name of this show, honey? You supposed to tell the people. Black Mirror. Okay. So So if y'all seen it, you know what we're talking about. So the husband and wife, like when you see them together married now, years later, they're in their late thirties. <clears throat> They don't seem as happy as they were in college for some reason. The wife is still looking and yearning for something she's missing, and the husband is yearning for something he's missing. So he has a birthday party, and his old friend that was from college, who used to live together with him and his girlfriend, shows up with this video game that there's like this piece that you put on your head and it's virtual reality. And yeah. you feel like you're in the game live, like your whole body, you can feel like, it. Yeah. You are transported to being in the game. Yeah. So he's playing the same old video game with his friend. But as soon as he gets into the game, they start fighting. The friend is a girl in the game and he's a guy and they start having sex. Blech. They start having sex and well, they kiss first. Yeah. They push each other off of each other, get out of the game and then they go back the next time and they have sex and then they keep coming back and having sex. Yeah. So it's like, they're not playing the video. Is it an affair? Cause it's a video game. Are they, you know, yeah, it's all kind of different. Right. Because then the video game is starting to affect the husband in his real life. The wife wants to have sex with him and he's not wanting to do that with her. Games do do that. You know, you can get addicted just like anything else. You can be addicted to playing video games. You can be addicted to whatever, whatever you can make an idol in your life. So then the wife goes out to this club And she's like looking at people and like very interested in just like sexual encounters. Like you just get the gist that she's interested, but you can tell that she's saying no. They, she goes home. They have like, this is days later or weeks later. I don't know. They have months. He like stopped for a bit. He stopped because they had their anniversary. And she's like, I know something's going on. You won't touch me. You won't have sex with me. What is going on? And he's like, there's nothing. I'm just tired. Nothing. So he hides the video game away from himself. Months go by. She gets pregnant. The life is supposedly better. But clearly you see that something is pulling, nagging at him. And so his best friend shows up. It's his birthday again. She invites the best friend who he was doing it to in the game. <laughs> to it's, so it's weird. just three of them at it's dinner. So weird. And so the husband's pissed off because she's he's like, "Why did you invite him?" The husband says to the friend, "Why are you even here?" And the friend is like, "Come on, it's the best sex we've ever had. You know it." And if you don't, if you don't believe it, then meet me tonight. So then they met each other outside in this alley. 
And he was like, the husband said, hey, just kiss my lips to see if this is real or not. They kissed and neither of them was like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) And the friend was like, yeah, it's just in the game. So just meet me on the game again. So they, he, he got on the game. They did it. Oh, wait, no. Then they get in a fight. They got into a fight outside. Yeah. Cause the friend is like, just, isn't that what happens when something nags at you? Like you just want to fight it off, but it's fighting for you to keep doing it. So the wife had to pick her husband up from the police department because somebody called the cops on them fighting outside. And, and she asked him what finally told her. she asked him what was going on. And the show doesn't sh- show him telling her, but they made an agreement in their marriage. She could go out and take her ring off and he could once a month. It was, I think it was like June 14th or 19th. They have it marked on their calendars. They show it where the husband goes in the video game. That's messed up. <laughs> there's so How many do you have wrong. trust in that? Yeah, there's so many things wrong. Or, or did they do it so they could have trust? Like. Yeah, but then you're like living your life just to wait for that day almost. Like it, it seems like you're just looking forward to that day every month. Which is weird. You know, there's so many. It's wrong on so many levels. Anyway, that show apparently. That's the worst episode ever. I don't know. And we picked that one. And I guess it's about how technology ruins lives and ruins society, which yeah. obviously that's, you know, pretty but ruinous. But I would s- I would argue that anything that you make an idol, technology, yeah. smoking, you know, whatever. Drinking, There's plenty yeah. of things that we get addicted to. Yeah. Can ruin your life. Yeah. You know. So self-control, that's one of the fruits of the spirit. Trust is non-existent as far as I'm concerned in that weird relationship. (laughs) That's a very weird relationship. But I feel like my trust was like my trust in people and relationships was really torn to shreds in my going through my divorce and I would love to say today, even though we're married, th- you know, three years together in a relationship, um, that I have that trust fully built again, just in people and in, I don't, I see so much. And the thing is, is that what's really sad is that I understand why people are so angry. I feel like I just have an understanding of that now. And for me, how can I trust in people when we allow our hurt to lead us sometimes? Were you asking me or is that a rhetorical? I don't know if it's a rhetorical, whatever. (laughs) And, and maybe I just get too deep in my thoughts about it, but it's so scary because when I was going through my divorce, I had an understanding for moms who committed suicide or killed their kids or 
any anything that I felt was horrible. I'm like, I get it. I understand it. I'm not saying that I want to do it. But I have an understanding why these people go into these dark places. It's called empathy. But most people in the world don't have that. No. You don't hear and most sometimes, people. <laughs> but sometimes, like, I feel it's just about being open-minded. Like, you can have empathy for people. And, like, the fact that you lived it allowed you to personally have that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can have I think we should have empathy. I think regardless if we've been through those situations or not. I think just as Christians, we need to understand that Jesus had it. Yeah. And that's there wouldn't I don't think there would be grace if there wasn't first empathy like Jesus. If he didn't care for someone else's suffering first. There like, why would he give grace Mm -hmm. if he didn't care? I think empathy is just caring about how someone else is feeling and whether or not you've actually been through it personally or know someone that has or you can just take a moment and try to think about how they might feel going through it that's the part that really matters I think you know just being able to being able to try to put yourself in their shoes but how do you trust the world again? Humanity. Do you just always have hope that there are just 0.1% good people in the world? <laughs> <laughs> you can have trust, but trust trust is a part of faith, I guess. But, I mean, that's why you can't ever put your faith in people. You can only put your, because at the end of the day, you're going to be let down, whether it's your expectations of certain behaviors or anything like if you put your faith in other people, they're going to let you down. They're going to hurt your feelings. They're going to get hurt or, you know, your spouse isn't going to react to a situation the way that you would want them to or expect them to or. He's not, not. They're not going to have Why? a certain understanding <laughs> of what you're trying to say. You know, it's just we're all human. So that's where grace comes in. And that's where having your faith first and foremost in God and Jesus, like putting your faith in the right place and starting from there. And then when you have those times of hurt, like you're going to go through a relationship where and you say, I'll never hurt you, and, you know, I could never hurt you, but at the end of the day, like, you may have a bad day at work, and you get home, and you say something smart aleck, or you don't respond, reciprocate the person, how happy they are to see you, or, like, just little things, Mm -hmm. and they cause hurts, Mm -hmm. and then it causes you to shut down a little bit, or put up a little bit of a wall, but we have to be able to realize that the honesty you have to have grace for the other person. Yeah, and you have to have grace for yeah. that person because they aren't perfect. And they again, if you have if you start from an understanding that they their intentions, what what are their intentions? Where's their heart posture? Are they trying to hurt me? 
or did it just come off that way? Do I need to give them a bit of time? You know, when you have a conversation, because at the end of the day, they're, they may not have intentionally hurt you, but because they're human, their frustrations and their emotions came out negatively toward you. And this could be people in marriage. This could be, I'm sure it happens all the time, you know, parents and siblings. And so you never fully, truly know what someone else is going through. You just can't. There's no way. As much as they share themselves with you, as, as long as you've known and been with somebody, there's always, I think, going to be a little bit of a sliver of something there. And maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's some trauma. But you have to be able to give others the benefit of the doubt at times and give them grace. And then you can determine how much of yourself you can really trust that person with. All right, Dr. Bradshaw. Sounds good. All right. I understand. I think that's a good way to sum it all up is that we're not always as vulnerable as we think vulnerable. And I'm trading that word with honesty. We're not as always honest and forthcoming with our thoughts and feelings with everybody as we might think, Hmm. but just be, be as vulnerable as you can be. And with that vulnerability, you need to have understanding so that yeah. so that you can communicate as honestly um, and as healthy as you should thanks guys for listening we're gonna go thanks. we're gonna stop being so serious you guys have a wonderful week and please tune in again and again we won't stay away so long bye love Bye-bye. y'all